So next we have Cynthia Churchwell and Mallory Stark. They're both from the Baker Library at Harvard Business School. Thank you. So I'm Mallory, um, and Cynthia and I are happy to be here to update this audience on changes that have occurred in Baker Library Services since, my, since Deb Wallace and my colleagues presented um, their paper, Shifting Gears, in 2007, which was a study of the development of course support and curriculum services in Baker Library. Um, I also um, want to say that it's clear, as evidenced by this conference, that we've all been affected by the economic downturn, including Harvard, which you probably have read about. Um, and while it, it has had a sobering effect on us, um, and it's a jolt of reality, we argue in our paper that um, it's, these events have given us the opportunity to um, tweak um, our strategy and also to, to, to rethink how we position our distinctive capabilities. So I'm going to um, spend the first part of our time setting the stage by describing our, um, the context. Um, and I think it's important for you to understand the context um, to see how and why we made the changes that we did. And um, then Cynthia is going to follow up with describing these four distinctive capabilities that are um, capabilities individually and in our organization that um, we made. And, and then she'll conclude with um, areas that we want to focus on in the near future. So um, I wanted to have a look at the mission of Knowledge and Library Services, which is our library. And um, we see our mission as what we do, and our vision sets the direction of how we get there via our future state. And our future state was a three-year strategic planning process that the whole library participated in collaboratively. And we um, set, we, we came up with a sort of narrative outline of how KLS, Knowledge and Library Services, would respond to the changing information environment and the changes at um, HBS. So out of the future state, we identified three important goals um, for KLS. And the first is to deliver value throughout all the dimensions of HBS. And, and we see that as our primary goal. Second, um, we have built um, a complex, what we call information ecosystem. And this includes all of the relationships and dependencies and interdependencies that KLS has throughout HBS and beyond to Harvard University. And these are, um, this is always in response or driven by user needs. And then the last is that we want to continue to be recognized as a trusted advisor throughout the school. And we do this by developing these distinctive capabilities. Um, and um, we see this as really important to enhancing the teaching and learning and research done at HBS. And we see that these capabilities fall into the areas of knowledge sharing and information management, information architecture, 
information product design and information research. So this is a bit of an eye chart, I know. Um, we don't expect you to read it all, but this is an outline of our strategic shifts that have really gone on since Mary Lee Kennedy, the director of our library, um, started about six years ago. And she was appointed with the mandate to, to, change, um, to change the Baker Library and to expand its role beyond the bounds of the building um, and to include information management throughout HBS. That's why we changed our name to Knowledge and Library Services. And I just want to point your attention to the first shift, integrate with research and course development. And that's the shift that we're focusing on today um, and that my group is focusing on. Um, but I also wanted to um, say that uh, Every organization, of course, is unique and um, has specific attributes and characteristics. And um, we think that these four or five areas um, are sort of the characteristics that allowed us to make the changes that we did. And they're, you know, they're specific to our situation. So we are a professional graduate school and we serve um, the HBS community primarily. So we have our flagship program is our MBA program. We have a strong doctoral program and many executive ed programs. And that's our primary audience. We do serve the rest of Harvard University, but we're across the river. So um, um, this is our primary audience. Um, we have a single focus teaching model, which is the case method. And that actually affects our services and collections a lot. Um, for instance, we have a really small reserve collection because nearly all of the courses are taught exclusively by cases. They rarely have um, additional readings. So you'd be surprised to see how small our reserve collection is. We have very entrepreneurial faculty that um, like to try new methods of teaching and new tools. And we have a high ratio of professional to paraprofessional staff. And then the last, maybe the most important, is that we had strong support from the dean to make the changes that we did. So um, I've talked a lot about the broader external environment at KLS and HBS. And I think that was important for you to understand um, how the changes that we made actually align with the mission of the school. But I want to bring it back to um, Baker Library Services and um, just emphasize that uh, we, our overarching goal was to leverage our capabilities um, to institutionalize the integration of research and course development. So now I'm going to turn it over to Cynthia and she's going to go through our capabilities. As part of its strategic shift to integrate with research and course development, Baker Library Services developed four capabilities, or you could consider them four factors that helped enable this shift. I'm going to spend the next few minutes talking in more detail about each of these items. Let's start with the research support continuum. We created this continuum to define progressive levels of service provided by staff as we interact with customers. And it's a five 
five-tiered scale ranging from zero to four. And zero indicates there is no interaction with staff, but customers are using self-service tools that we've created. At tier one, ready reference occurs, and these are the types of transactions where we are helping customers identify and locate resources or get started using our resources. Tiers two and three include in-depth reference and consultations, and these are times when we need to use or we need to have staff that are available at a higher skill level to help users identify what their information needs are and perhaps refer them to multiple resources and describe the benefits of each resource and meet with them one-on-one -on -one or in small groups to show them how to use these resources. And often advanced preparation is required for these consultations. And tiers one and three provide an opportunity for learning to happen as we engage with our customers and try to help them be more informed information consumers. Tier four is at our highest level of the continuum and is available only to HBS faculty. And this type of service involves gathering data sets as well as analyzing them, charting them, conducting literature searches and summarizing that results, and in many cases, providing an answer to a specific question. As questions move higher on our service continuum, more skill is needed to interact with customers, help them define what their needs are, and then support those needs with broader knowledge of our collections and resources. Once we defined what our service was, we could turn our attention to updating how we deliver our service. And we used the research support continuum to help us recognize the need that we needed to provide service at a higher level on our continuum. And we determined this based on customer behavior identified in our service tracking tool that showed that the way questions were being asked was changing. Our current service delivery model has been affected by four things. The first one being our self-service tools. And before our service model changed, we focused on providing service at the lower ends of our service continuum by having paraprofessionals be the first point of contact with customers. And librarians devoted their time to developing self-service tools. We now have strong self-service tools and we've been spending time engaging more with faculty to provide course support. So because perhaps these two factors we think uh, have caused the increase in questions that we're seeing at higher levels on our continuum. And this has resulted to us shifting our, uh, the way we provide service by providing staff with higher skills as the first point of contact with our customers. Our service model was also impacted by the economic crisis. There was a Harvard University-wide mandate to reduce staff, and we were affected by this and lost multiple positions that were focused on providing support at the lower tiers on our continuum. 
So in fact, we now have two librarians providing service during our busiest times. Now we are able to highlight our strategic capabilities because we triage service from higher tiers on the scale that focus on research to lower tiers as needed when previously it was the other way around. And we are proactively positioning librarians to be the first point of contact with customers and we can add value to these interactions that we have with customers because we have a deeper knowledge and expertise. And we also are focusing on, we continue to focus on course integration and this helps us create self-service tools that then feed back into this whole service loop. So now we are providing a more equal focus on all parts of our service spectrum. Oops. A third factor contributing to our ability to achieve this shift is the creation of a project management office. Before project management was implemented within Baker Library Services, we comp completed projects on an ad hoc basis, and we were very eager to accept projects, so we accepted them without the ability to recognize the overall impact on the organization. But now that we have implemented project management, we can now more effectively allocate resources because we have an opportunity review process. And we use a toolkit for everyone that is involved in or leading a project, and that helps us develop our capabilities that can be leveraged across projects. And it helps us create products more efficient, efficiently, and then we can proactively reach out to customers. This image represents how we have streamlined our approach to considering the viability of a project in the top half in the gray, the gray color. And then the bottom half shows how a project is launched and completed. A fourth capability that we are developing centers around building a collaborative research and course development environment using Microsoft SharePoint which is being rolled out at the business school. And this image represents an example of how we are touching multiple programs and customer groups. For example, content that is being collected in this virtual space is being used to develop a case that can then be used in multiple courses across different programs. And HBS faculty are able to collaborate with each other in this environment and with people outside of HBS, and we're a part of it too. The deliverables from this share site and other pilot sites will be the development of standards for collaborating in this type of environment and the creation of tools and resources by Knowledge and Library Services that in turn will support digital scholarship. And we began with Mallory giving you an overview of our environment, um, the unique capabilities, or excuse me, the unique characteristics of Harvard Business School and Knowledge and Library Services and our mission and our goals. And I've given you an update on our journey to integrate with research and course development by highlighting our four capabilities. So you may be wondering what's next for us. 
Well, we plan to continue developing, highlighting, and marketing the distinct capabilities that we have to support research and teaching at HBS. And our dean, Jay Light, will be retiring this summer, so we look forward to developing a relationship with our new dean. No doubt, exciting times are ahead. <laughs> Are there any questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> Could you go back to Mr. Lentis' review for the EQ? Uh, I'm very slow, so I didn't really see the opportunity review process. Oh, sure. Oops, sorry. Going the wrong way. Yes. So that's the gray circle. So we have ideas for projects that are funneled into a central point. So attention can be given to them and it can be determined if we should accept a project based on the, the scope and the requirements. Well, this actually is for, um, well, it's true, some of it is sort of natural, organic. but, yeah, organic, <laughs> but this helps us all use the same terminology and remember that we should take a step back and consider all aspects of what's being uh, suggested. And also, um, so the paper that I mentioned in 2007 was the development of curriculum services and course support, which is where a lot of the projects originate. Um, so we see that um, we've moved into a more project-oriented than reference. Um, you know, our, we have a strong reference service, but a lot of it is generated from these projects. So the sort of the two are working together. Hi, uh, Jane Lynn at Columbia again. Um, are you saying that you had, or do you still have the same number of staff that you did when you started this process, or and are you saying that you eliminated more clerical positions? Yes, we do not have the same number of staff. And how did you determine that you could eliminate clerical positions and you have more electronic resources? Uh, um, well, we had um, we have one desk. Oh, sorry. We've had one desk for a long time. We don't. We have a, a combined circulation and, or access and reference, and um, we had hired um, a lot of um, access permanent access staff. We don't have any students helping us at the access desk like a lot of libraries. So um, over the years. Um, there was less and less for them to do when they weren't at the desk. So it was kind of a natural, unfortunate, it was unfortunate. But, um, you know, when we were given the mandate to um, downsize, 
our director chose the paraprofessionals. And I think it relates to the idea of um, us wanting to highlight yeah. the capability of librarians right. because we are at that first point of contact with customers. I mean, that was part of the strategic shift was to make people that have the higher skill level available to then maybe we of course we can answer the ready reference questions but then we can advance the interaction to a higher level and and, so. and it wasn't eliminating people it was eliminating positions and that was the mandate um stephanie gross again from uchv university um i have been uh, exploring social media a lot and i've been hearing a lot about its value as far as outreach is concerned. I'm just wondering, in your case, did you find that it was of any help at all um, in bringing um, either faculty and or student liaison to your, to your um, project management group? And if so, which were helpful? Was it a Facebook presence? Was it Twitter? Uh, if anything, was it blogging? Um, maybe none of the above. but. Or I think many of us are looking into how we can effectively be where the students are. Some of those suggestions have been social media sites. I'm just wondering what your experience has been. Thank you. Well, I think that relates to our something that's unique about our environment or a specific characteristic is that we have a course platform. And so that's one of the ways that we're able to embed the type of support that we're providing by collaborating with the faculty to create this content that then is linked to from the place where students are already going mm -hmm. to get their content. And um, the shifting, you have a look at the Shifting Gears paper because the real um, focus of curriculum services is to partner with the faculty in their course development. So um, I think our goal is to reach the students by the faculty teaching the courses.